What's the Car Talk Podcast? Hello and welcome back to the Car Talk Podcast, a show where we talk about the latest car news. And I have COVID. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, how you doing, Matty? Yeah, not too bad. I am, because Bailey didn't mention the other host of this podcast, find us every oh, yeah. week. Uh, I forget. And before Bailey goes on about COVID or Vegas, uh, he's going to introduce our next guest. I am. Uh, and joining us, obviously, this month uh, is Jamie. Um, hello, Jamie. How are you doing? <laughs> hello. Not bad. I'm not uh, I'm not bad. How are you guys? Yeah, good, good. Yeah. You you don't have a YouTube channel. That's that's the yeah. first. Who first is Jamie? Hasn't you got say it. that. <laughs> to be fair, you say that. I do actually run a YouTube channel for uh, a register I'm part of. Well, there we go, so then. So <laughs> I... I, I'll go. I'll delve more into that as we. I guess we speak about it. Yes, hundred percent, mate. Um, um, and obviously, as usual, we start with the car news. Um, Matty, did you have something to say? Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll get to Jamie later on. Ask the questions and things like that. Um, again, another awful month for car news. Um, I really am trying to get on board with the latest electric offerings that are coming out. Um, in the car well but they just all look so boring and the same so I've whittled it down to four marginally marginally copable headlines for this week I don't know who wants to start off well I'm like you Matty I've got a I have got all electric cars pretty much and apart from one uh, no two non uh, like normal engines which is good because I managed to find that I had to dig deep for all that sort of stuff mm. Um, but you can go. You go. You get rid of your first electric car that I'm not interested in. First electric car that we're not interested in. It's not only an electric car. It's also an electric car um, sort of addition that won't be coming to the UK. Quite a shame, actually, because um, I know we love the Citroen Ami on the Car Talk podcast. I certainly do. Oh. Yes. Uh, Daniel Axelrod certainly does. And um, that's my first mention for him for this podcast, as we always do. Um, this month, uh, Citroen have revealed the Ami Buggy um, Mahari Spirit. Oh, no, it revives the Mahari Spirit, but it is an Ami Buggy. It looks really cool. If you Google it, it's got a rollback cloth roof. It's got no doors and just sort of like fairground ride bars to keep you hemmed in. Uh, it's finished in like a Land Rover Defender green and steely wheels um left hand drive only i thought you drove in the middle in them cars but anyway um mm. yeah it's basically a beach buggy in the form of a citroen ami and i think it looks really cool not coming to the i UK agree now. with you yeah that is a very that is a big shame but then to be fair where they are logical about that where the hell are you going to use it in the uk because there's nowhere that's going to be feasible for that really mm. unless a beach or something well maybe. i don't know it's uh, i don't know what you guys think but it's pretty hard to use a Citroen Ami in the UK with UK traffic and it not being able to mm. go over 25 miles an hour so you know yeah. there are, could be some uses for it I wonder if you could use one in Namibia maybe yeah maybe that is, that is exactly. true or just a beach I don't know I, <laughs> or a beach Does it, it doesn't look like it has much ground clearance so you probably are right there Matty I'd, I'd say beach is probably more it's suitable sort of environment but um, I actually really like the look of that. It's mm. actually really cool. I think I might that I might like that more than the normal one. <laughs> well, this is a common, common reoccurring feature of the podcast where we talk about cars and we we say who the hell would buy this? I think we've done it with the um, some smart car that was released on something. This is another. Who is what is who's going to buy this? 
No idea. <laughs> Looks good. I would. Um, Matty, I want to talk about the uh, new Peugeot 408. I've seen it's, this. Have you seen it? Yes. yes. It's sort of. It's a bit of a confusing one, I think, because I don't think they've decided whether it's going to be a fastback SUV or a coupe. So they just decided, let's do both instead. Um, but I think it looks all right. Uh, it ranges, well, it's got a range of engines, and it has, you know, 225 horsepower mm. hybrid version as well. I don't, um, I don't know yeah. if it's based on the Citroen C4. It looks like a reheated Citroen C4 going down the lines of the Renault Alibaba or whatever it's called that's been released <laughs> recently. Coupe yeah. SUV, you know. BMW X4 vibes, anyone? No? Uh, yeah, sort of. It's just, I mean, the front's completely different, I think. But mm. Just that, yeah, just the shape. I'll be honest. Yeah. I'll be honest, I literally have no idea what any of these cars look like. I don't. I literally <laughs> just don't pay any attention to these like new electric slash SUVs coming out. I, I would agree with you there. Right? The, um, <laughs> I try not to, but I have to. It's my job. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, yeah. We'll yeah. get we'll get some angry letters coming in saying, "Oh, why didn't you review the new Peugeot four hundred eight? Actually, it's a hybrid. It's like, I don't care." <laughs> um, and that's why we're moving on because I want to talk about a. Uh, well, actually, it's a new. It's a. They say new Pagani, but it's a, not a new Pagani. But it is a new Pagani. It's, it's a all new Hawaira, even though the Hawaira has been around for about ten years, um, and it's called the Coda Lunga, and apparently only five are going to be made. Uh, it comes with a six liter V12, which is the same as the last one. Um, but do you guys want to have a guess how much it costs? Is it six million pounds? It's uh, six million, but not pounds. Oh. <laughs> Oh, right, okay. It's euros, so I don't know what that is in Six, English. but um, That's probably like, what, 5.6 mil? Yeah, something, something like that. Because yeah, obviously, I don't think they'll probably bring any of them over here, because if there's any setting, like five of them, then probably no all No one in brings Italy. anything over here anymore. Like. That's true. <laughs> it says here that the engine cover alone is 360 millimetres longer, so that's obviously where the money is really? gone. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so that's that's it. We just found the way what they've done and added another two, three million on it. Because mm. um, it does look similar. Uh, the actual design, it's still got the. I mean, the Hawaii, it's got the classic in uh, interior. You know, the, all the sort of chrome and the leather and stuff, which is it still looks great, I think. But it's obviously not going to be available to the you know the normal public unless you are like a Russian billionaire or something. Um, so there's that. That's yeah. Pagani. Um, Onto something that you don't even have to know what this looks like to know that this is the world that we're living in at the moment. Uh, I've got a headline here. What's the best electric vehicle for looking sensible? What? What the hell? I thought they uh, were all. I, I thought they were all pretty sensible. <laughs> even the Tesla's yeah. sensible, isn't it? This is the type. I was going to say Tesla. This is the type of drivel that we we, we have to experience to today in today's motoring world um but i might move it on if i can to something yeah. that might excite our guest um you might <laughs> want to get your um mg ready to put in part exchange because the new all-electric mg4 is to launch in september what do you think of that special guest jamie um i don't think it's too bad to be fair i don't think mg have done a bad um, they haven't done too bad with the styling of all the new cars we've been making recently. They all look somewhat attractive. The only thing I'm not too sure about, and it's probably quite controversial for those who actually like MGs like myself, 
is the Cyberstar that they're releasing. It's like a remake of the TF, if that makes sense. Like, they haven't really done, like, a sport, like, sort of car like that since the TF. I'm not too sure on the looks on that one. Mm. But the others haven't been so bad. I mean, the ZS, the ZS and the HS, I completely, I despise. Like, the fact that they even decided to give the one the name of the ZS mm. just, like, just completely ruins the, like... I guess the name for the 180 V6 that they made years ago. So, I mean, mm. I, I'm not all for that, but they ain't, they, like I say, they're not too bad. They're back on the up again, so I mean, it's nice to see in that way. It's just a shame it's not under the like the right people. It is, is, yeah. It's a shame the, about the... It's, it's good the name's been revived, but the ownership, yeah, it's... I get it, because it's obviously Chinese-derived and things like that well, have you ever driven the mg3 that's one of my favorite modern cars today i think it's a brilliant car mm, to drive it is good yeah believe it or not so um i work as a vehicle technician for a second-hand car company um shan't be saying the name but um oh uh, yeah i work for a second-hand car company and i do vehicle inspections vehicle repairs you name it yeah. and yeah i have actually had a couple of mg3s come in i've had the mark one which they did up to about 2018 uh-huh. and i've also had a couple of mark twos in from 20 is it late 2018 almost, yeah whatever yeah it was. so um yeah they're, they're not actually that bad the um the engines aren't that uh the engines are pretty good i don't uh what engine do they actually like source from i don't know uh, I, I swear really? it's something else <laughs> i think it's their own engine isn't it or it's like a Might Vauxhall be. engine. I'm not too sure. But fun fact, actually, on the Mark One MG3, the oil filler cap is the exact same filler cap you'll find on any MGZR, like the ZS 180, like all of the old MGZ stuff that was um, like pre, uh, post 2000 that they 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 used to try and keep the company alive. They they got the same oil filler caps. So I, I don't know whether they had like millions left in the spares bin. We best get in touch with Longbridge and say that there's been a break in from the Chinese or a copyright issue. <laughs> no, literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be fair as well, with the MG3, uh, I know the ZR at least has uh, got quite the reputation for a good chassis, so it handles really well. Hence why they're quite common track cars. Um, the MG3 actually does handle pretty well. It's, it's, it's almost like up there. It's not mm. quite like the ZR, but the handling is still actually really good. I was very surprised. Well, it's, it's, it's one, one of the only like modern are... cars with to still have hydraulic power steering, so the, you, the steering gives brilliant yeah. feedback. I, I love them. I think they're it great does. cars. Yeah, it does, to be fair. But, yeah, like, uh, un- unlike the the case here is when it does operate uh, unfortunately the mg3 is a little bit dog shit slow for my liking, <laughs> so. no, I, I, have, I did notice uh, that they are quite slow preference. aren't they i mean i haven't driven one myself but <laughs> i played it in forza and it is slow i think they're very um, rev rev happy cars i think they like to be pushed i like them yeah yeah uh do you want to move it on bailey or do you want me to do another item here yeah i mean i i did i actually did um I did have the MG4 down as a segment as well, but obviously we've mentioned that, which is fine. Um, I suppose a little. I suppose I've got a few more facts about it. It does 280 miles of range, um, and it's going to cost well roughly 25,000 pounds. And I don't know if that is justifiable for the price, really. Um, for two, for a range a of 280 miles, I'm pretty sure there's other manufacturers uh, doing a lot better than that on there. Yeah. I don't, that's not exactly groundbreaking and then to charge about over 20k for it I know you're asking a bit that's a lot of money for like I mean it's it's not it's not very big either is it like in the pictures no no that's what I thought but um I want to talk it's about it's probably going to be like Nissan Duke sort of size sorry for interrupting that's right it's going to be like Nissan Duke sort of size like, do you reckon it probably like obviously you can't tell until you see it in person but 
Yeah, you might be right actually, because in the guess. pictures it sort of looks like a mini, like sort of super mini, doesn't it? But actually, you probably could be right. Maybe. I think I think the front looks quite good actually. Um, but I want to move it on just very quickly because um, it's it's quite exciting because it's the first sort of car that was like, oh yes, I'm actually excited about this when I looked at the uh, research today. Um, and it's a new Lamborghini and it's a, a Ventador replacement. Um, and it's basically going to be releasing next year. And it's going to be the first Lamborghini with plug-in hybrid tech. Uh, oh. We don't know the name of it yet, but it's still getting the naturally, naturally aspirated V12, which I'm very pleased about. Um, and it's, I mean, the pictures, I don't know if you've searched it up, um, it's, it sort of looks like the new Countach that was just released. And it's just got slightly different exhaust oh. at the back and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I have seen that. That actually looks, that looks very, very good. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lie. If they're basing it off of the old Contas, they've nailed it, mm. I think. I think it looks great. You I, mean, like put them I like how they're sort of going for the you know classic square look like they did in the 50s, 60s, but they've got a modern touch to it. That's what I really like about it. That's the thing, though. Like you got to modernise a, like a, like a classic or something. They could easily do it with a classic Mini, I'm not even going to lie. Like, you take it like an old yeah. design, like old popular design. You just need to add that little bit of modernisation to it. They haven't overdone it. I think it looks absolutely spectacular. Yeah, So I, I think when that does release, that'll, that, that will sell in its numbers, especially the fact it's got hybrid tech in it Definitely, as well. yeah. And, it's, and that's, like, that's the way, to, I think that's the way forward. Hybrid with a V12. Mm. I was just about to say, it's still got the V12 in it, so all, all is They've not just, lost. Yeah, they've done it to keep Mr. Clarkson happy. Whether he's going to have one on his farm or not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. But he did actually have a Kentosh the other day on his farm, didn't he? And I was like, yeah, no I think way. I've seen something <laughs> like that. Yeah, don't surprise me. Matty, what do you think? What do you think of it? I think it looks. I think it looks nice. I like the back. I like where it's squared off at the back. Just the front, though. I've got. I'm on Carwell. I'm looking at a blue one. It seems yeah. to have the lights or vents at the top. Like it's got it's scowling at you. It's got like a, an aggressive look to it. It looks nice. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's so, it is like, you can sort of see the Aventador in it, which mm -hmm. I like. And I've obviously always loved the Aventador since it released. I was like, I love every single one of them, and I want one. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy they're keeping the V12 very much. But yeah. That's you mentioned the Aventador. I, <laughs> I was only watching it the other day, to be fair. It, uh, I think about the, um, the Top Gear News when they announced the Aventador J. Yeah. They ain't got the windscreen and they're like taking the mick out of Hammond and May of what they'd look like if they <laughs> went at like top speed in it. So Matty, have you got any car news uh, to finish off the news? Yes, last one from me. Fantastic news this week if you are in the market for a booted SUV. Um, so yep. obviously you can get booted hatchbacks in the form of saloons. You can now get a booted SUV uh, and it's the Citroen C4e Hang on, Citroen E-C4X. The Citroen E-C4X, is that yes. what you called it? And this is a sleek car that is um, basically a booted C4 if ever you needed uh, a SUV that didn't have a hatchback. Right, well that's... That's good. I got anyway. I was, yeah. I was I was looking I was looking forward to your description of that and then you lost me at the minute you said Citroen. Yeah. So. <laughs> Sorry. Do you want to take you that me. back? <laughs> no, you could carry on mate. You do you. Like I just thought I'd give some good feedback for it. Um I was hoping you'd say I'm not interested because I'm really not. I'm not interested I'm not at interested. all. I'm not interested. Um, anyway, uh, let's move on. Have you got is that all the carnies you got Matty for us? It certainly is. 
It is. I've got one more, but I'm not interested in it either, so I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to move on to our games, which is obviously our segment that we uh, give well ourselves if we're just doing the podcast, but also mm. our guests. Um, yes. Now, Jamie, if you're not familiar with these, we uh, do two games. Uh, one of them is called right. Scrap Drive Own, and basically, I give you well this week. I'm giving you cars. Um, that basically, I give you three cars, and you basically have to say you'll you'll scrap one of them, drive one of them, or own one of them. It's a bit like yep. Snog Marry Kill or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. it's called. I keep saying yeah, yeah. kill every time I say that, but anyway. Um, <laughs> and then after that, we do, a, I think it's Auto Star, isn't it, Matty? Uh, which it basically, you, you get given a question about a celebrity and you get three celebrities as the options. Um, and then you basically just have to choose the right one for it. Yeah, Sound sounds, good? Yeah. Excellent. Um, I'll, I'll do mine first then. Um, and it's uh, Scrap Drive Own. So it's going to be a convertible edition because I was like, why not? Um, oh. So the cars I'm giving you, Jamie, are an Aston Martin DBS convertible, a Bentley right. Continental GT uh, convertible, mm-hmm. or a Maserati GT convertible. Ooh, right, okay. Um, I think just for the sati- for the curiosity, um, I probably so this is the drive. I'd take yeah. the Maserati. So nice. I've always had a little soft spot for Maserati, like Same. ever since I've been a kid, and they've they've always just looked like out out of their like completely out of like out of i'm trying to find the right word here they <laughs> they just look completely different to everything else yeah, like yeah. anything i always used to see and they always just sounded a different breed as well so like i'll drive one of them just for the curiosity of it mm-hmm. and i would own which uh so this is power of elimination here i'd i'd own the aston martin yeah um so obviously i would scrap the bentley i'm just not bentleys are just not yeah, my, they're just not my go-to they're not they're just not I'm not an old person. I don't have a pension yet, and I don't, don't, I don't plan to do any any tax dodging anytime soon with a jag. I completely agree with all your uh, options do. there. Yeah. So um, yeah, I've always loved I've always loved Aston Martins as a kid as well. So um, basically, it's an interesting little uh, fact about me here. So I I grew up I grew up in a place called Kemble. So I don't know if you guys know where that is at all. Kendall. Like. Kemble, no. K E M B L E. No, I've never. So heard um, <laughs> it's a small little village, and um, it has the likes of a train station, what have you. It also contains an airfield. That airfield in question um, is where Top Gear actually used. Uh, they actually filmed a couple of their car reviews. I don't know if it's like oh, nice. no- if it's noticeable in the, in the episodes or anything, but yeah, they actually used to use the airfield and do like some of the car reviews on there. And they also had like the um, the Formula One teams going up there all the time as well and like in between that they just have like loads of um like different cars aston martins all sorts of stuff going around so yeah i'd always just uh, like hear them going around like being in the village right by the airfield you could just hear it all day so it, it was always really nice that's cool so yeah <laughs> i think it, it wasn't too bad it was always very nice especially when you could hear the v10 screaming up yeah. and down the runway as well <laughs> of the formula one cars that is it that was, is pretty very cool. nice so yeah aston martin to, to keep for me Nice. Well, um, it's well. I suppose it's the celebrity one now, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. This week on Auto Star F4, because we've got an MG guest, we'll have an <laughs> MG theme. Um, Ooh, you okay. see, there it's just seamless. This podcast, isn't it? I know it's going well, it's, apart from the little cock-ups. But yes, it's going well, mate. We'll edit that out anyway. The, the viewers and listeners won't understand what you just meant by that. So we're gonna no. edit it out. Uh, exactly, editing. Yes. <laughs> Auto star, three celebrities, and the celebrities in this question, one of them 
hasn't had a crash in their beloved MG. Which one is it? Well, you can give me the answer when I tell you who they are. So, on the list, we've got Elvis Presley, Martin Clunes, who is uh, Doc Martin, and uh, Jerry Harry. Jerry Halliwell, Halliwell, Halliwell from the Spice Girls, Ginger Spice. Um, one of these hasn't had a crash in their beloved MG. Which one is it? Right. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna make a little side note quickly. I can't stand Jerry Halliwell for the simple fact of who she's married to. Um, <laughs> gonna think about this, right? Because. I obviously I think of MG. I think of like the era of the car that I own, but I know that they've been around for a very long time. So, um, so what have we got? So we got Elvis Presley, Jerry Halliwell, and who was the other one against? Martin Clunes from Doc Martin. Martin Clunes. Okay. Um, so Doc Martin, he did used to do quite a load of driving scenes, didn't he? Like I guess going to and from, like people, whatever. I reckon it's Martin Clunes. I do. You think he's had the crash or he hasn't had the crash? I think he, I've. Oh, what? So it's. Oh, sorry, I can't remember. Is it had the crash or hasn't had? So it? two of them have had a crash in an MG. One of them okay. hasn't. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say Elvis Presley hasn't had the crash because I doubt he even owned one. I don't even know what an MG is, does he? <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't believe. I can't imagine they shipped out to America back in that day. Well, they certainly did because both Elvis Presley and Jerry Halliwell have crashed their MGs. Ah. Ooh. So the one that I thought originally had a crash hasn't had the crash. So that's, that's worked out absolutely brilliantly. In my opinion, like, you know what I mean? Oh, that's annoying. Um, nah, that's all right. Well, good, good attempt there, Jamie. You, you did, did pretty well on the... Uh, well, it's, I mean, the other one's not really... A guessing thing is sort of an opinion, but yeah, I say you did well on that. <laughs> um, uh, we'll we'll move on to well, you now, Jamie. Yeah. We'll talk about you because okay, you've yeah. got an interesting right. story to tell us about. Well, your car. Um, that's why yeah. that's why we've got you on, of course. Um, yeah, now, cool. first of all, what? Let's just start off with what um, what car have you actually got? Obviously, it's an MG. We've mentioned that whole theme, but what what specific model? Yeah. So uh, the specific model of my car is a MGZR Express. So I know you guys have probably heard of the MGZR, the hatchback. Yeah. Have you heard of the um, the ZR Express? No. I, it's that so, not just a Rover 200 in a tracksuit and then because it's an Express, it's wearing like a cap as well or are you going to educate us? <laughs> no. So yeah, a bit of education here. So the MGZR Express um, was basically MG Rover's attempt at going into the commercial market. So they started off this model in 2003 mm. And you know how with like the Corsa and the Fiesta and the Clio, you get like the um, the car-derived van models of them. So they basically did a ZR van, and um, they own where they were in a lot of financial trouble. They didn't make uh, too many models towards the end. They only made three hundred and thirty-seven models of them. Right. And my my specific model is number three hundred and twenty-seven according to the build data. Out of what was it? Out of 337. So technically only 9 slash 10 more were made after mine. That's cool. Before they then stopped. So it's not a bad bad feeling knowing like the the build number. Yeah, yeah. I've got all of the build data and it's all so interesting to look at. And how did you actually acquire this car? So um, this is actually quite an in-depth and um, complex story. So... um, I always liked the MGZR from um, from a young age. So it basically started with um, my auntie. She had a uh, a Mark One X Power Grey one, 
when I was young and uh, my old man oh, we're going to go into the stereotype here my old man ended up doing the head gasket on it twice uh, before before eventually the only reason it got scrapped was because um, she hit a deer on the, on the road so it didn't actually get scrapped because of it because it kept shit, shit in the head gasket go on carry on carry on with your, your stereotypes and that um, no so um, yeah it only got scrapped because of that uh, I always did like the car. Like I, you obviously had like back in that day, you had like Vectras, Astras, like, all sorts of different hatchbacks like that. But the, the MGs that are for me personally, it just looked different, and I just loved the look of it. Yeah. And it was just always one of them things. And I, uh, I come to uh, 17 years of age, and I was looking for a first car, and I was, I really did want a ZR for a first car. But um, I did do a bit of research into them, and the the insurance stories, yeah. uh, they're all true. For a seventeen-year-old, it is literally like two and a half, three grand to insure a one-point-four-k series, given out like the power they put out and also how rev happy they are. So, uh, I think literally everyone that owned one, as for a first car or for a boy racer, they all ended up in a ditch or something. <laughs> so, insurance would just like, yeah, you can have it if you're going to pay us this much. Sort of thing. So, I always wanted one from um, when I was seventeen when I was looking for my first car. But uh, getting more onto the point about the the Express itself. Um, I was uh, approached by my old man. So his mate, um, it was through uh, through him, his his family. So his sister, my dad's mate's sister, was married to this man who's um, really massive petrol head. I didn't know him personally. I never met him personally, and I wish I did really, because um, he sounded like a really amazing bloke. And um, uh, he, he sadly passed away in over in uh, twenty sixteen. So it was it was a really sad occasion, and. Um, Basically, uh, this car that I own, uh, this ZR Express, used to belong to him. So he had this car as a daily runaround, what have you, um, right up until his final days. And basically, the car got parked away up in a barn on the uh, on the estate that he lived on. Mm. So it was quite a big estate. Uh, not It was a very nice place to be, to be fair. And it got to the point, sadly, where my dad's mate's sister was coming towards her final days. And um, he gave my, she gave my dad's mate the uh, the responsibility to... Uh, clear the estate out so at this point they'd already sold the majority of the cars that used to belong to the man in question yeah so um all these kit cars he had and all these just like nice classics um there was this car in question left and there was also the shell of a morris minor that they were trying to get rid of so nice. those were the only two things left so my dad's mate turned around to me personally and said look i'm trying to get rid of these last two cars there's this one certain car in this barn that i reckon you're gonna like because it's it just fitted the criteria of uh like a boy racer hot hatch <laughs> sort of thing so um he said do you want to come down and look at it i just said yeah that's absolutely fine i've got nothing to lose but i come to have a look at it and see what it is and see what i think because so, obviously i was quite happy with the car at the time um so i wasn't intending on changing unless it was really like something different so he went down to the estate and um, he said, yeah, so just have a look. Tell me what you think and um, we'll sort, sort it out afterwards and see, see what we can do. So, um, yeah, he sorry, yeah, he, um, he opened up the barn and there it was just sat there, um, just just sat there in, uh, covered in dust and covered in like, I guess, a little bit of bird mess where some birds are going. Um, it, yeah, it, it was just sat there right in front of me and i was like oh my god like, i didn't i didn't out of all the things it was going to be no. i didn't think it i was did that. not <laughs> i didn't expect it to be one of those like i thought it was going to be some like i get i don't know i didn't, i kind of expected it to be like a kit car or something because obviously of what he because of what he owns just, like around yeah him. something so that's very not generic but you know something you were expecting yeah, exactly. Like I didn't expect it to be one of those, but then it just made me realise that yo, this was actually like his daily run around, and 
that was just basically it. And so he turned around to me. I said to him, I was like, I actually do really like this. I've always wanted one of these. And he said, look, if you want it, you can have it. So I said, yeah, um, to yes to having it. And yeah, I went to go look at it a couple more times before we got it out the barn. So basically we had a bit of a, uh, an issue trying to find the keys for it. So where the bloke had obviously passed away, we didn't know where the key, where the original keys were, so mm. we were a little bit screwed from the get go. Um, I remember going actually to look in the back, so I'd already looked in the front, looked under the bonnet, what have you. Um, so I I went to go look in the back, and I went to like dust off the back window. I went to obviously look in the back window. I was like, I can't see anything, <laughs> only to realise that it was actually like a body panel. I was like, why is that blanked out? Like, what? I've never seen this before. So I went home that same evening and I went and done my research and yeah, I, I never knew out of all the time that I, like I was kind of clued up on MG Rover anyway, but I never knew that they'd actually made a van model of it. So I had to look up and had to look at like the numbers and everything and just see how many they made Like because I couldn't imagine they'd made many because I'd never seen one before. Even when they were in their like uh, most popular days, like yeah. in, like mid, mid-noughties and everything, like I'd never seen one. I was like, that that's actually mad. So, we eventually got it home. We got it onto the back of a low loader and got it home. Um, obviously, the fact that we hadn't had any keys um, was a bit annoying. And obviously, um, on the MG Rovers, at least, they have got some very um, good immobilizers, actually, to be fair to them. So, the immobilizer was armed and we didn't have any keys. So, I went online and found a certain website. So, you had to obviously have proof of V5 and everything before any of you listen to this and then try it yourselves. Yeah. There's a There's a website on... Um, on the internet i can't remember what what they're called but you could um if you had proof of v5 and you also had the vin number you could put the vin number in uh into the search bar and it would come up with the key that you're after and show proof of v5 they'll cut the key specifically to the vin number so it would definitely fit in the car and so we thought happy days we've got one of them we're going to be able to get in and start it and everything and this is obviously where we found that the immobilizer had to be disarmed and we needed a fob. So <laughs> we literally had the like for the next like couple of months or so. So we got it home in October 2019 or November 2019, whichever one. Yeah. And across the winter, we spent months having auto tech, uh, auto locksmiths come out and everything, just trying to get into it. And to be fair, the one bloke did actually manage to um, get it running. So he stripped the body control unit out and was able to get into it with his computer and disarm it for the time being and fire it up and everything. We were, ha- we were glad to see it fire up because obviously where it was sat there for like three years, we decided to change the cam belt and everything yeah. and get her- all, the- all the general maintenance sorted before we fired up. So that that was all good there. I was um, waiting for you to come on to that because my mum and dad had two Rover 25s and when the ECUs got yeah. wet, the alarms would just go off and unlock and central lock and go mad on them so yeah so yeah to be fair with them it really does depend so the mark one was actually better in terms of like not going as mental with the alarm when the rain got (laughs) in it was the mark two that was more trouble (laughs) it was the mark it was a mark two that had the more troublesome body control unit so they decided to get a, a company called pectron to make the body control unit for the mark twos and like even to this day that like they're, they're still troublesome they shit the relays all the time and it's really weird they were built really weird so the uh the relays you could have one relay for the horn and the front lights and then another relay being like rear the rear fog lights and like a speedo or something i don't know but uh, it's literally like that and it is as soon as they get wet they go wrong so um this auto locksmith was able to like hook the 
computer onto the body control unit and was able to get it firing and everything. As soon as he disconnected his laptop from it, it armed the immobiliser again and we were back to square one. So uh, basically, I then joined the MG, MGZR forum on Facebook, the MGZR Owners Club. And I turned around and I said, boys, like literally, I'm I'm so close to getting this car going, but I can't like I can't get this car going because uh, of the immobiliser. So then they turned around and said, oh yeah, there's a bloke over in... Um, there's a bloke in Brighton. Um, if you strip the body control unit out, then you can um, you can get it sent off and uh, first class and everything. Get all the body control unit programmed to a brand new fob, which also adds by. Mm-hmm. Um, send the fob and the uh, body control unit off first class, and you literally got it back within two days. We did that, and to be fair, it was actually all right as well. It cost forty pounds to get it programmed. So oh, nice. I thought I thought it was going to be absolutely extortionate, but then to be fair, to have had it done for that price, you can't go wrong. So Got it done, got it back, hooked it all up in, and it, it disarmed the immobiliser straight away, and we got it firing. Got And then it, it was just a long road of getting the car uh, on the road and everything. And, yeah, basically the rest is history in regards to how I got it. Well, we've That's had fantastic, a, mate. We've just on the, on, straight on, on my mind there is that we've had a, a few guests on the podcast now, but we've never heard a proper wholesome story like that, have we, baby? Yeah. No, we haven't. And that's a true barn find as well. It, like you could literally it say is, it is a barn find. <laughs> I just, I just want to quickly add a little side note. I think, <laughs> I think it would only be right for me to um, talk of this story, but also give a tribute to my old man and his mate, who both worked incredibly hard to, like, not only offer me the chance to even get access to the car mm. and have the car, then also help me in regards to getting it running again and like being so supportive of whatever and also a tribute as well to the previous bloke who owned it called bruce uh who's obviously sadly died back in 2016 so the car's on the road and constantly uh, keeping his memory alive and uh also just a tribute to the rest of his family as well so yeah man uh, it's it's certainly right for me to say that and yeah just uh, yeah pay tribute i'm uh, i'm just looking at your instagram here jamie Um, yeah Sorry to hear that you're from Bristol, by the way, but I'm looking that's got 2,279 followers, so there's obviously a big following for the MGZR, which we know about. Have you had people um, messaging you, DMing you, DMing you, saying the same as what you did? I didn't know they'd done a van-derived version and things like that. Yeah, mate, yeah. So um, I started the Instagram literally three years ago. As soon as I got it, I was like, you know what, this is actually a very good opportunity to start it off and document literally everything so you could scroll right down to the bottom of my feed right to my very first post and it'll be from the very beginning the whole story and um yeah so as obviously as i went along i followed many many mg mg rover like accounts uh on instagram and they they a load of them messaged back it was like i can't believe they ever did a van and whatever mm. and just basically saying how how rare of a, of a a, a commodity I've got, and it, it, it's is in its own right. It was just so wholesome, and I've been I've been supported by a load of people on there as well in regards to getting my following up and everything. Yeah. Like I've gra- I did graft a lot for these followers, like constantly getting myself out there. And that's what you got to do, though. I've, yeah, of course. But like, I guess the main reason why I started it not only to document it, but at the same time is to also, I guess, prove to people in a way that these cars are actually like just as worthy as any other car on the road that they can be reliable they can they can get you around and they can do good mileage yeah. and just have all them good tags put on it 
like so this is the bit, uh, this is the more confusing bit so i actually have the two liter diesel in mind so that is actually a very very reliable engine in uh, in comparison to its uh, counterpart of the k series but um i've always um backed those that own the k series i've learned so much about the engine that i never knew before and and i think it's worth just i guess getting it out there and just sharing to everyone that maybe they should have a bit of a i guess like a reality check that actually they're not act they're not bad engines they're you actually think about the design. I know recently Drive Tribe did a series where they rescued Mike's first car, which is a Rover Twenty Five K series, the yeah. and they they rebuilt the engine. And obviously, when they were taking the old one apart, you could just see how far advanced the actual build of the engine was. It's just a shame that MG Rover never had the budget to make yeah. it as good as it could have been. Like the fact, I think that I think the engine originally started with Honda Roots because obviously mm. they had a Honda partnership in the mid '90s, which then eventually folded before BMW came in towards the back end of the millennium. So I'm not going to talk about BMW to be honest. But <laughs> yeah, you, you could just um, you could see the engine just had pure potential, and I think it's just very unfair, especially when I've seen people with the uh, with their own ZRs on Instagram and Facebook and that all with the K K series engine or even like forums that i'm in called um sitting there rotten on a driveway there's a, f a group on facebook called sitting there rotten on a driveway which i follow and there might be like a zr or zs or zt whatever posted in there and you've just got floods of comments and it might be quite funny to some people but it just isn't to me because obviously i've done my research and everything i know what they're like you see these comments just all of them are just basically saying, "Oh shit, head gasket, or whatever." Like, where's the head gasket on it? <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, you're so, you're so generic. Two things I'd say about the K series is that it's a fantastic sound and very rev happy engine, but also it yeah. is a reliable engine. It just needs to be maintained, a bit like Alfa yeah. Romeos yeah. as well, a bit like old Alfa Romeo engines. Yeah, you just got to look mate, after them, really. It literally is that like. It's no different to any other engine. That they make out as if it's mutated from like Chernobyl or something. <laughs> it's not. It's literally the exact. It's exactly the same as any other engine. You just got to look after it. You got to service it. You got to do whatever you need to do. All right. Maybe you got to let them warm up before you actually rag the tits off them. It's not any other boy racer like your Clio's, your Corsas, whatever. You can just get in, just turn the key and have it straight on the limiter you're gonna have problems if you do that anyway but i guess this one's just a little bit more sensitive yeah. to it yeah you could just say oh yeah chocolate it's head funny you now, should but... say as well maybe we can compare notes with you being a technician um but i work <laughs> in car prep so i work closely with technicians and mechanics and whatever yeah. you call them these days and then um, we're finding now the uh sort of seven-year-old eco boost engines are coming in the uh course yeah. 1.4 ecoflex engines are coming in they yeah. need to be maintained as well and oil changed and things like that. And the ones that aren't, yep. the head gaskets are going, the eco boosts yeah, constantly exactly. go bang and overheat, the courses have head gaskets. So, you know, it is all swings and roundabouts, even with these fairly modern engines. Yeah, but that's it though. They're like The eco boosts mainly go bang because the finance gang get on top of them and just try and map them out to about 200 horsepower, which <laughs> they, they just physically can't take finance anyway. Gang. So they go bang, and then they go, oh, why is it gone bang? Because you've got a one-litre uh, EcoBoost, mate. You're not going to take 200 horsepower reliably, are you? Yeah. And then, like, with the Corsair anyway, like, I've always seen the Ecotech shit the head gaskets, but I've just never seen them get the same sort of reputation because they don't go as much on a more frequent basis for more people. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, but it's not like Vauxhall ever had, like, budget problems. They've 
they've always had plenty of money to build a good engine and build good head gaskets for them, good crankshaft seals, good com rods, good pistons, you name it. Like, MG Rover never had any of that. Like, they should never have been able to build the K-Series in the first place. Like, let alone make it as good as it definitely could have been. Mm. There's, there's literally websites nowadays... Uh, there's a certain website I want to shout out called um, Discount MG Rover Spares, run by a man called Scott Biddlecombe, who's actually a very lovely bloke. Um, he's done a lot. He's a he's a massive MG Rover um, technician. He he literally what he doesn't know about MG Rovers isn't worth knowing maintenance wise. Um, so he runs this website called Discount MG Rover Spares, where he literally has so much. Sometimes it's original stock, sometimes it is aftermarket, but he has also got his own like. Um, his own variant of the MG Rover head gasket, which is called the multi-layer gasket. And you whack one of those on a K-Series and they will go forever. Honestly, if you fit them properly, you make sure the liner heights are proper, like all even and everything, just like any other engine, and it will go like any other engine. Like outside, I've got a, um, an MG ZR K-Series as well, alongside my Express, like a standard one. All right, um, a little bit embarrassing. It is currently in op. Because um, I don't know, I don't know what's actually happened to it. It's not head gasket related, like I thought it might have been, but I've done about nearly six or seven thousand miles in it in the space of a year, or half a year even, and that it's never had any head gasket problems or anything like that. I've only just had an in, uh, like a problem with it now. Like cars are always going to break down anyway. Yeah. Like, but I've always let my car warm up, and I've always never given it proper shit, like anything like that. Just drive it normally. Sometimes have a bit of fun in it, like you can with every car, but just don't thrash it off the limiter all the time. Like, I think that's literally the main problem uh, for the K series because they were obviously all owned by boy racers. I stem, I just, I, I stem my theory towards that. <laughs> I guess if people just want to have that opinion on the K series, and that's absolutely fine with me. You can have whatever opinion you want, but at the same time, just be respectful about it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I hate to f make it like a sort of rant, but it's just, it's, I think it's just a little bit insensitive to those, like, we actually do own these cars. We, some of us, uh, to a very good extent, look after them, mm. and they turn out to be as reliable as any other car you can imagine on the road. So, uh, I mean, personally, I think they're very good little cars, and maybe that is a little bit of bias on my end. But <laughs> well, no, we coming from someone who, who doesn't and hasn't owned a Rover yet, plans to. Uh, I think it's completely fair cop because I've just experienced the engine and I think they're absolutely fantastic. Um, if you have another question for Jamie Bailey, um, then go for it because I've got uh, one or two more as well. Yeah, I've got, I've got sort of, well actually mine's not really relevant so I won't do mine, but you, you go for yours, Matty. I was just going to ask, um, obviously you've mentioned that you've got um, uh, another ZR on the side that's currently in op. Um, so if you're daily and you're expressed, do you find it a struggle um, to with the lack of seats and things like that? The daily impracticalities of not being able to carry friends or even any honeys that you might pick up on the streets, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so um, the honeys section, that, that's a complete write-off anyway because I live in a flat with my missus, thankfully. So <laughs> it'll always be just me and her or just me and a work colleague or something. Um, um, just like driving around in it practicality wise I've got no issues with it really like you might think it's the same as like an MX-5 or something with like only having two seats but the boot space is absolutely wicked I can literally just throw anything I want in there so recently I um, I relocated at work and I don't actually have a proper toolbox yet I just have some like little chests with um, with some like good tools in there and whatever when I when I went to relocate I literally just whacked that down the unit and just 
but literally all of my tools went in the back and I didn't have to, to uh, sorry, excuse me, I didn't have to do another stop, I didn't have to do anything, I just got all of the tools in there and just went and I, like, that's always nice to have, like, the, the boot space is mad. Um, the only annoying part for me with this car, it's going to sound really daft, but um, it's food shopping. <laughs> so where I haven't got any security in the back, like you've got the dog cage and that's literally about it. That doesn't do anything in regards to food shopping. You get the the bags in the back and you try and like I've got to literally drive like a granny <laughs> and just try not to let any of the bags like fall over and everything. So that's a little bit of a pain in the ass in its own right. But in regards to like transporting people around, all right, if someone might ask me for a lift, it would literally have to be one person I'm transporting. Yeah, so it's like Noddy in that sense, a taxi, but you can only accommodate one person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, so obviously like, the, that's what the other ZR was good for, the fact that it could uh, obviously do lifts for people and that. So um, yeah, practicality-wise and daily and generally, the Express has never been a problem for me, For really. It's very good on fuel, alright, I've maybe, like, I've souped it up a little bit now, so it's not as good on fuel. Fun fact, um, so I've filled, uh, my personal best on fuel, I've filled up to a full tank, uh -huh. so my 50, uh, my le my fuel tank is 55 litre capacity, uh, I've filled it right up to the brim, 55 litres, and I've gone from a full tank down to half, the personal best is 325 miles. Half of that was unmapped. The second half was remapped. Wow. <laughs> nice. So it won't, um, I know the, the origins of the L-Series diesel engine is in there. It's, it goes back to around the mid-90s, I think. Like They've put this engine in like the Land Rover Freelanders and stuff, and it's ve they're, they're very, very good on fuel. They're, they're literally up there with modern-day diesels in, re in regards to MPG, so I've never had a problem with fuel. And, like... They've got a very, unlike the, obviously I know K-Series is like, so say unreliable, but the L-Series has always had a very good reputation for being a very, very reliable engine. So, um, like I remember, it's quite funny, like the the best video I've ever seen in regards to reliability on an L-Series, someone has gone through a deep puddle and um, has shut the car off straight away. So technically he's hydrolocked the engine, but he shut off straight away so he didn't blow it up. Um, with the L series, you've got like um, you can literally just uh, the injectors are right at the front, so you can crack the injectors off, like right in front of you, strip them all out, crank it over, and it was literally just like water going doo -doo 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 -doo, like out of the respective cylinder bores, like yeah. in the firing order, and it, it was absolutely fantastic to watch. And then it was a quick time lapse of them cracking the injectors back in, obviously priming the injectors again, and it just fired straight back up with no problems, like. Uh, it's 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 a fantastic little engine, and that, to be fair, from factory they're ninety nine brake horsepower for a diesel. Wow. That's so low. Like it's and it's it's so <laughs> the fact it's so low, it's so tunable. So you can whack a remap on there um, with a decat and some respective and other it, it little. Pull the power down. And you can go. You put the no, honestly, the power went straight up to one hundred and forty, one hundred and forty five, and then you just put the um, the uprated injectors in it, which are, um, I've got all these mods applied now. And it takes it up to 170 brake horsepower. From 99, that's, that's good. Not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's right. Sorry, that's what I meant. Didn't even put the power down. I meant like put the power down on the road, like it could take it, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sick. Yeah, I get you. So Have you seen. I think um, all in. Go on. go on, sorry. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, if all in, all those mods cost around £300. Wow. Really? So it's not that much to get uh, um, an 80, about an 81 brake horsepower increase. So yeah. That's crazy. So, Chin, nobody, nobody would like even think to 
say I'm gonna get one of these uh, L series engine diesel engines and do that, but it sounds very tempting, doesn't it? Um, have you seen the? Obviously, you'll, you won't remember, but you'll you'll know of the the old Rover Maestro van that the old TV aerial made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you ever have one of those as a project? On I'd the have side? one. <laughs> Mate, honestly, if I could afford it, a Maestro, like, not necessarily a Maestro van, but a Maestro is definitely right up there with one of a classic I want to own. So, a classic Mini forever on my dream car. Yeah. Like, I always, I've always wanted one, and I will get one one day, whether it's a, a restoration or a clean one. So, I'll get one of them eventually. But yeah, a Rover, a Rover slash MG Maestro. I love a Maestro. Uh, that's mm. honestly fantastic. I remember starting my, my job as a vehicle technician at the company I'm with now before I got. Uh, this was in the other location before I got relocated. My first day, um, I started there as an MG ZS 180 outside belonging to my supervisor. And I knew straight away he was an MG nut just after seeing my car and everything. He was asking me about it. And then I go in the workshop and his other car is in there and that is an MG Maestro Turbo, wow. like tick nice. for a turbo. That's one of 500. That's a very rare commodity in its own yeah. right. Like, yeah. And I just fell in love with it straight away. He's rebuilt. It's, it's weird because obviously the shell's quite rusty in that, but it's not rusty like as in it's breaking apart. It's still like there's, there's still bare metal somewhere. But um, it, it, the shell's a little bit rough, but then the engine's completely rebuilt and everything. So when he does take it for a drive, it really does go, and it's it's just one of them. You just if you if you're if you're not ignorant in in regards to like your love for cars and everything, you're gonna always appreciate classic cars and just the way they operate and how old fashioned they are compared to like what what cars are like nowadays and oh uh, like the smell of them to like to start with. My colleague uh, right now, he's got a a Mark One MX Five Miata. Nice. And it's in it's it's finished in a is it's finished in a lovely lovely blue color, and honestly, I know this is absolutely like unheard of for an MX5 of Mark One as well. It has not got, and I kid you not, has not got a single speck of rust on that car. That is he rare. bought it <laughs> like yeah, he, he bought it that way, and he's undersealed it. He's literally like undersealed absolutely everything possible on there to make sure that that does not happen. And he takes very, very good care of it as well. And it literally, I remember he, I remember seeing it for the first time when I didn't know him as well as I do now. And he had it on the MOT ramp, and obviously he was going through, um, like, diff going through its MOT check. And I was like, "When are you going to do the emissions?" He said, "There's no need to do emissions because it's going to go through anyway." Because um, obviously they they didn't have cats um, back yeah. in that year, so it's um, it, it was always going to go through the emissions anyway. So and obviously it just smelled absolutely amazing, right? <laughs> Those and like two-stroke bikes, they just smell absolutely incredible. Like it's just just something you get with them that you just don't get with what with cars now, and it, it it's a really really sad reality. Like with cars these days, it's exactly what I got have, mine. They have no character. Well, yeah, I I like your MX-5. I'm not gonna lie, it looks very very nice. But um, yeah, like I say, with like modern cars, they just don't have any character these days. I think this is like I guess this is why you pro you guys probably like the MG3 so much because. That's just different. It's a glimpse of the past in like yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, like you think about you think on the name as well, like what they used to be and what they used to make. I know they're Chinese now, but the, the, you can't uh, you can't like disregard the past, can you? Like they always used to be very good, whether they were with like in the British Leyland days with like Leyland Triumph Austin, whatever, or whether they were with Rover as MG Rover. They've all it's always been a legendary band brand, and there's a reason why. Um, their car club is the biggest car club in the world and 
little side note actually to be fair in regards to the mg car club this is what i was going to say about with the youtube channel so i'm part of the um the mg car club z register so the z register um uh, is a is an organization put together by us owners of these z cars zs zr zt whatever um and basically we um we run our register in 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 line with the mg car club so it's part of the mg car club and um, we obviously take ourselves to the MG events in the year and have stands on and everything. And we have our own website. And um, interesting fact is over over 80% of all MG ZRs made have been scrapped now. Wow. Over 80%. And I made, they must have made about eighty five to 90,000 of these. That's mad. Like, it is a mad statistic. I knew a load of them got scrapped. But it's only until I started reading <coughs> on the website that... That they are, they're they're rarer than people think. You don't see them anymore. I, I certainly don't see them. No, as I you, don't see any really. when I'm in mine. Like, no, I, but, I see yeah, twenty fives. I see the odd two hundred. I don't see ZRs. No, this is the thing. Yeah, exactly. You just, I, I see so many twenty fives and like forty fives, seventy fives, whatever. All beautiful cars, by the way. But yeah, um, yeah, I just don't see the the ZRs. Uh, or ZS or ZTs anymore, no. but yeah, we got we have that together, and obviously I run the YouTube channel on there, so do like vlogs when we go to events and nice. like information on events coming up and everything. So it's it's kind of like uh, a fun channel to run. It's more factual than anything. Yeah, but I, I enjoy running it, and um, they all, um, everyone else um, watching it obviously gets to see what we get up to and just be a part of it in a way by being in the videos when they come to events and everything. It's all very nice. So. How many subscribers yeah, have I, I got on there? Um, it ain't got many at the moment. So we set the channel up at the beginning of the year, I think. Is this no, it wasn't. the MG Car um, Club? I've just subscribed anyway. So um, so the, the actual channel itself is called The Z Register. So Z being ZED. So The Z oh, nice. Register. So it's, it's got about, fifth, I think it's got about 52 subscribers. So, it's. It, I think we only started it in the midway of last year, so we haven't had it very long. And it, like I said, I don't. We don't really expect it to get that big because obviously, um, it's just more for like vlogs on events and stuff. I do plan to make my own series on like my car and everything, and yeah. just oh, do some factual stuff. Question, Jerry, you plan to make a YouTube proper YouTube? Not that this isn't proper, but you know what I mean. Devoted one to your car, sort mm. of thing. I've I've always this is the thing I've always toyed with the idea of doing that like I've always thought do I do it or do I not do it I used to have a YouTube channel when I was younger I used to have one when I where I played PlayStation with my mates and I got bullied for it and so I did it. Yeah, yeah. So I've always toyed with the idea of doing it again and I've even had my missus telling me to do it again and I've all, like I said I've always toyed with the idea of and I've just been like ah, can I do it can I not I just I don't know if I've got the mental strength to do it again. So it's a lot of I it's think, a lot of yeah, effort I think, I to be think, fair. <laughs> doing this even. Yeah, of course. Like I think with the relevance of my car and the fact that it's linked with the channel I run now, I think if I do a, if I do a, a series on it on there, I think that 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 literally that links the two bridges together mm. in a very good way. And I feel like that gives me the opportunity to do that where I won't have trolls like yeah. seeing it and like taking the mick out of me for it and whatever. That's just always going to be like a, a worry for me. What, with anything I do nowadays. Well, so, look, I, I mean, just just a little bit of reassurance, though. I've always had, like, comments, but it's never been... Um, and this is seven years of doing YouTube, and bear in mind, I was 14 when I started. So yeah. I've had the full, like, sort of puberty up to adulthood doing YouTube, and I've never had 
like awful comments where it's like go kill yourself or something like that it's just yeah, it's yeah. just been stuff where you've just got to roll with the punches and go oh yeah mm. someone's made a comment about the fact that I've got skinny yeah. legs or whatever so I wouldn't <laughs> be worried that you're going to get really awful comments because you, you know I've never had them uh, I don't think a lot of I think the car community is quite sheltered and it's just mainly enthusiasts and obviously there'll always be the yeah. old crank who say oh well you said it was a oh. V6 and it weren't but you know, it's never. I heard that a lot on mine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's never ever to that heavy the comments sort of thing, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it is. It is like that. It's pretty much just. You know, you get like the old comment where it's like, "Oh, you said you said that something wrong, but actually it's this." It's like, "Well, okay, well, sorry, just one thing wrong." You know, that's it. <laughs> mm, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, I think are we going to wrap that up now. I reckon. Yeah, if you want to, I'm. Have you got anything else to say, Matty? Like question-wise? No. All right, cool. Well, I, th- I appreciate you coming on, Jamie, and t- telling us I about your story. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, been... I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to have been on. I'm happy to come on again whenever. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. It's been my pleasure. Definitely pleasure have you on again. Mind. It's been it's pretty pretty interesting as well to learn about how you acquired I'm your glad, car. I'm glad you guys have enjoyed the story, and I'm glad you guys have like heard me out of what I've had to say. I think it was always only right to also say what I was saying in regards to stereotypes and what have you so i think i think yeah. it was, i think it was only right so absolutely well, fantastic story certainly educated indeed. me on an, on on the and fact me, that there yeah. was a, a diesel engine and you're being able to get more power out of <laughs> yeah. it and things like that um, and i think it's also a story that the viewers and listeners will be glued to quite frankly yes i hope so i do hope so same with me well I mean, we'll, we'll spread the word we'll put it out there we'll promote it anyway <laughs> Yeah, as we I do and uh, I think it's well it's time to move on to our you know promotions so Matty do you want to promote your channel and Instagram whatever as usual yes um, oh god I've gone blank a minute hang on <laughs> what do I normally say oh yeah so socials isn't it yeah <clears throat> so if you'd like to follow me on social media or see more of me in video form you can follow my YouTube channel subscribe to Matty's Cars uh, if you want to get me on uh, Instagram, uh, it's Matty's Cars YT. Or if you'd like to see uh, pictures of me and my parents absolutely hammered, you can follow my personal Instagram, um, Mattgram ninety nine. Nice one, Matty. Um, Jamie, do you want to plug your well your current YouTube channel and your Instagram? Yeah, so um, obviously I'll send you a link for um, the YouTube channels if you want to put it in the description. So yeah, yeah. the channel is the Z Register, which is part of the MG Car Club. Um, obviously we. We vlog like events and um, other stuff on there, so be sure to subscribe to that. It's only going to get better from how uh, how we currently are, so um, it'll be that'll be all right. And also, my Instagram is Jamie underscore MGZR. So if you guys want to follow that, and I'll be more than happy to um, answer any questions you guys have got for me or anything you just want to say or whatever. Um, yeah, just far away. I'm more. I'm all ears. I'm more than happy to listen to all of you that have got something to say. So. Excellent, mate. Thank you very much for that. Um, and obviously, you can follow us on uh, well, on this channel, uh, the Car Culture channel. And if you want to follow us on TikTok, because uh, we've got a TikTok, we post like behind the scenes stuff. Uh, and that's Car Culture Club YT. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's Car Culture underscore YT. Um, so that's that, I think. Um, again, Jamie, thanks very much for coming on. Uh, it's been awesome to hear your story, mate. And um, yeah, I think that's that kind of wraps it up. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot for coming See. on.
yeah see you next time guys um for a while actually this is a podcast that's coming out middle of the month and then we got one at the end of the month because we didn't do one last month because we were busy but yeah (laughs) we'll see you at the end of the month (laughs) 